Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Are you ready for this? I, I'm not because you said a word that I don't even know what the hell it is. It so. is 14 February. Yes. This is based on the amazing Charles Fort and the Fortian Times and his amazing books. And this guy was one of the premier researchers of the things we love. He was the first guy to say, hey, ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, all this should be studied. These are not just oddball things. And he interviewed over a thousand attested phenomena researchers before he did his first book of uh, all these incidents that had happened. He was the guy who went to the originals and talked to people and got all the things we needed to know and all that. So I love this guy. Charles Fort, I highly recommend The Book of the Damned, which is one of his first ones, but he did several books. And of course, we even have the 40 End Times. Now, he was born in 1874 and died in 1932. Oh, and wow. That so, was a way back machine. Yeah, exactly. And so his books, 40 End, that term is used to characterize the phenomena we love, right? Yeah. Uh, but Book of the Dam came out in 1919. And then the newspaper came out, you know, the, the Fortean Times came out around 1973. I think it was called The News then, but then it was renamed Fortean Times in 76. And it's always investigated this stuff. This guy is great. So just sad that he's gone, but, you know, you can't live forever. But we love, he talked about the Sargasso Sea, talked about the Bermuda Triangle, all these things well before all this other stuff. And some people compared Fort to kind of the Robert Ripley at the time for Ripley's Believe It or Not, but oh, wow. it's different. So okay, well I've learned something, and we're in forty in forty in. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, forty in February. Forty in February. I'm gonna have to figure out how to work that into song, but not doing it for this episode. We get to talk about so much fun stuff from this guy. He talked about spontaneous human combustion, lightning, poltergeists, levitation, UFOs, strange disappearances giant wheels of light in the oceans and strange animals found outside their normal ranges and uh, out of place artifacts things that were these are things he was the guy that invented this stuff basically so or at least um, maybe we should it. you know for as part of our patreon that's up and live and wonderful um one of the things we agreed to do was a book club for it do you want to do this book is the book club club book it's kind of a hard one to find but i i would definitely gladly review this one for everybody so well we should we absolutely do that and you started a really unique thing online right oh yeah i've been doing it for a little while not every day but as often as i can where we do eerie book club i have lots of books in my house because i'm a book worm uh, or a book dragon as some people refer to me and what i do is i go and rescue books from bookstores that are possibly going to disappear and uh, particularly old sci-fi old paranormal old fantasy uh the stuff i enjoyed growing up i particularly like movie and tv tie-ins so i collect a lot of that from all sorts of genres and so i've got now 13 random bookshelves in the house that i've had people pick a random bookshelf and a random shelf and then a random number of book and then I will read that book on my lunch break for the day, sometimes two days, because sometimes they're a little bigger. But most of my books are tiny, fun, quick reads. 
And then I do a quick review of them the next day. And that's on our Instagram and our TikTok and all that. So, well, I think we're going to need to post our PO box because I think travelers, if you're out there and you have a weird book, you think one of us should read, you should send it to us if you so choose. So we'll include in the show notes, our PO box, and we'll get that listed a couple places. So you guys can, if you want to send us random weird books, you know, Mark will read them. I will read them and they will go safely in the collection. And then, I'm also hoping that Erica and Bo will join me on this and maybe even Callie in future days that you guys just pick a random book, do a quick video and we'll, we'll post that on there. So it'll be fun. We'll absolutely join you. So travelers, if there are books you think that we would enjoy, go ahead and throw them, send them whatever to us while we launch the PO box and we will add them to our repertoire and we will acknowledge whomever sent it to us with a brief note and either thanking you or wanting to bludgeon you about the head with the book if it was not good. But we'll (laughs) see what the results are. It'll be fine either way. With that, Mark, what are we talking about today? I know, because it's one of my favorite things in the world. Yes, yes. We decided when we went back to our wonderful vampire episode, which is still getting us feedback even now nearly a year on, one of the shows they felt, and our TV movie and movies that they felt we kind of gave a short shrift to, but we both loved dearly, was What We Do in the Shadows. No, I love that show. And I think it's, and the movie is phenomenal. And I also love the spinoffs. So we thought we would do a fun deep dive on this show and this movie because they just announced it's their final season coming up of the TV show. And a lot yes. of people are very sad about that. But there have been a couple spinoffs that I don't think get as much love. And hopefully we can bring some light to that as well. But we are also going to deep dive into vampire lore because that's what they did. They took a serious subject of and that had been pastiched in movies and parodied in movies and all that. And they did it as a comedy, but also kept the spirit and honored the traditions of the legends right yes and that's something i think a lot of people forget that when they do their parodies and movies they forget you got to keep the world real otherwise it loses even the even as surreal as it is you've got to follow the rules if you break those rules you're breaking the suspension of disbelief and it's one of the breaking the rules of storytelling no, it's true. So I I think where we begin this journey is the not way back machine because we're only going to the year 2014, I believe, when the What We Do in the Shadows movie premiered, correct? Well, we got to go a little before that. Oh, do we? Where uh, are we going then? They did a short film, but it, that was actually based on a stage skit they had done. But this begins with some of our favorite cast members of things, the the movie, because the original movie, I'm so you know more about the previous things, but the original movie has a cast of some people that people would absolutely adore and love. The great Taika Waititi. Your favorite, Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement, yes, who is the the hero of all this. Um, Chris Darby, I love him, werewolf. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, people know him now from uh, Our Flag Means Death. Yes, yes. And Johnny Bruh. Bruh, bruh. 
Where so there's a stage show. So where are you taking us back to? Yeah, our so stage show? we've got to kind of go back a little bit. Taika Waititi recounts seeing his favorite movie when he was a child, which was another great vampire parody, Love at First Bite. You know, the great George Hamilton, which yeah. the main joke of that movie was George Hamilton, probably the tannest man alive playing Dracula in modern times. That's true. And, and he goes to New York and tries to blend in with modern culture, but he's Dracula from the 1800s and he doesn't understand how things work and all that. At the same time, you know, so Taika Waititi just fell in love with that, right? Yeah. And Jermaine Clement uh, also fell in love with the movie about that same time called Scars of Dracula, which was a Christopher Lee, one of the last of the Christopher Lee Hammer films. And it was brutal and terrifying. And and Jermaine Clement said he saw that when he was five. Oh, and God. so they both came up with the idea of doing this, you know, what would vampires be like in modern times? And so Clement, with uh, his friend Brett from Flight of the Concords, which is another great show, they did a show in Calgary where Taika Waititi was performing stand-up as a vampire. Oh and my Clement gosh. heckled him from the audience, also dressed as a vampire. And they would be like, you've been heckling me for 250 years! And <laughs> stuff like that they started building jokes out of that right of uh, vampire things like immortality and that's they developed that into this mockumentary yes and that's, and that's where we get the movie so the movie which i loved it's about a reality tv crew mm -hmm. kind of following around and it starts off with these vampires that are all living together in this house I think one of my favorite things is you go through these vampires and they each have obviously different personalities, right? You mm -hmm. have the very genteel one and then you have the ferocious vampire who's the supposedly the bad boy, right? And one of my favorite parts to it was you go downstairs in the beginning of this mockumentary to see this Nosferatu type vampire that's living basically downstairs peter <laughs> yes and they're explaining this as if nothing's happening now we do have to invite our amazing producer Bo because she started watching this after we said to yeah so Bo, did you get to the movie yet because i know you started on the show i did not get to the movie yet but i've seen two seasons of the show and i'm obsessed yes so, okay, then Bo will bounce back for the show part. So, Mark, what was your... So, let's kind of describe... So, it's setting the scene. It's following these vampires around as if they're living their everyday life. But the thing yeah. about vampires, which I adored about this show, is if you think people literally live for hundreds of years, I think it's almost irrational to think that people will keep up with technology. Because one of the things you can even look at... In our modern day, it, and this is not true with all elderly people, but if you take a cell phone, a modern smartphone to a grandpa in a nursing home, the likelihood they would be able to use that phone correctly, properly to do the right things with it, no. Or even understand what new technologies oh, are out there. And it's the other way around too, like hand a kid a dial-up phone they aren't going to know how to make a phone call, you know, and 
that's the same thing. All these kids love retro gaming on their PCs, but imagine them trying to plug in a Commodore 64 to a television and figure out which channel it had to be on or, you know, the Atari. So 2005, they make this mockumentary as a short initially. And what's funny is the two guys, Jermaine and Taika, are so into vampires that they're even telling the writers that were doing it, no, 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 vampires can't do that. Vampires can't do that because they were so into the lore of it from their obsessions, starting with childhood obsessions. So they were even educating the writers of this while they were doing the short. So then that gave them the money to do the full version that we saw. And that's why they went in with Peter and Deacon, the bad boy, and, and all this stuff. And, and then the rivalries with other vampire groups. And the movie is amazing. It will take you down every little version of vampire lore. They intersperse it with old legends of the Striga and some of the other classic vampire legends from all over and they they literally do take things from bits from all over i have to say one of my favorite scenes in that movie i have so many favorite scenes but there's a scene where the vampires encounter werewolves <laughs> it is not like the movie underworld where there is an epic battle and blah 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 it is literally like a grade school fight on a schoolyard throwing names yeah. and spitting and like it's childish and I'm still laughing just thinking about it and I, I they, and I love that it's a werewolf support group yeah but they're not just a friend werewolves they are helping each other come to terms with their lycanthropy and again this is Rice Darby comes into this and the group is we're werewolves not swearwolves so they do not use foul language. They don't like it when people use foul language. And so it's amazing. And they become this recurring gag throughout the movie. And then the movie, what's cool is you've already got the mockumentary crew being invited in and being allowed to film all this. And and things start with their normal day-to-day. -day. And the problem is, is they do have to kill people to, to live. And it's fun how each of them approaches it differently and of course, the famous line is that, uh, you know, why do we drink the blood of virgins? And we have to go a little blue here because one of the great lines, Jermaine Clement, is if you're going to eat a sandwich, you would like one that had not been fucked. So <laughs> it's just so and it's just one of those great moments in cinema. Right. And then they do some plays on everything from Lost Boys. So all this other stuff, they they constantly even admit, oh, we stole that from Lost Boys. We stole this from that. It's, it's no, amazing. it's true. They but they they hit all the tropes in such a ridiculous way. Like, yeah. and it's true because I think a lot of us who watch these movies and are even fans of vampires, werewolves, all this stuff, there is ridiculousness that we have to acknowledge that we see in the movie. Oh, and yeah. this approaches that ridiculousness, plus how these characters get along in this, for both the movie and the TV show, yeah. 
vampires are not very clean creatures. No, and and again, that's that's one of the one of the arguments in the movie is about the chore wheel, and uh, who hasn't done the dishes and who hasn't you know swept the one of them's like, and I dragged the victim down the hall, and I noticed the dust was gone, so I kind of swept the floor. I uh, <laughs> all this stuff. The movie is full of little bits like that. When they try to go out on the town, they, they can't look in the mirror. So they have to draw pictures of each other of what you look like when they're getting ready for their events and stuff like that. It's it's incredible, the little things like that. And then again, when the werewolves show up. And then there's the police. The yes. police are involved because they're living in New Zealand and the New Zealand police force comes in and is trying to solve the case. Now, the two officers in this are hysterical yes and they will come back into play later because they get their own spinoff you know it's the one that nobody knows about so we'll talk about that in a bit but they got their own tv series in new zealand hasn't aired in the u.s but uh it's incredible and that's becomes wellington paranormal and oh. they investigate ghosts werewolves and vampires and a couple of our vampires from the movie show back up now but back to the movie they create a new vampire yes and, and that is uh nick on accident, accident. peter clarify. creates nick yeah peter creates nick yeah. he's the first new vampire in the fold so they've got all the old vampires but now nick is involved and he's wanting to be twilight <laughs> yes he wants, to be, he wants to be the twilight vampire and it's not going well for him because he's got the classic other problems. Um, and he's learning how much being a vampire really does suck. <laughs> but he brings in his best friend, Stu, who's a human. And yes. so now we've got another human involved. And as much as the vampire, the new, the other vampires don't really like Nick, they love Stu because Stu starts showing them things like the internet and television and other things. <laughs> yes well, well that comes another great line from Jermaine Clement leave me I am doing my dark bidding on the internet what are you bidding on a new table uh, <laughs> it's so yes. great no and uh, what I think is really funny is how they approach like um oh and our, our producer just clickily clacked us that Wellington Paranormal is available. It's on just Netflix, recently so. on Max. Yes, it just recently yeah. is on Max. So yes, you can watch it now. But it took years to get that on Max, which is crazy considering how popular the new TV show is. So then the werewolves have an incident where it's a full moon night and things are going bad and they are unable to get themselves chained up properly and they're tying themselves to posts because they become huge. And sadly, that is where we lose one of the characters. There will be spoilers, gang. We've been, as, as we discuss these shows. We're, we're talking about spoilers for 20 year old movies. You should have watched them. So, who do we lose, Mark? <laughs> we lose Stu the human who was being told they were never going to eat. They had made promises they were never going to eat Stu. They even made Peter promise not to eat Stu. But Stu is eaten by a werewolf or several werewolves. I appeared. was going to say, I think it was yeah. more than one. Yeah. And that is about where we were going to end the movie. But, but, but what happens if you survive a werewolf attack? You, you become, become a werewolf. So Stu comes back and he's a werewolf now. 
And so the whole end of the movie is them making friends with the werewolf pack and the uh, the vampire pack. It's pretty interesting. So, And, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of a piece you left off, which is one of the funnest parts of this movie to me. Oh, the beast. The beast. Yeah, I was going to come back to that. So. <laughs> so let us, because we are talking about the movie, let us talk yeah. about the beast. The beast, yeah. Jermaine Mark, Clement. Who is the beast? Apparently an ex-lover of Jermaine Clement's vampire Vladislav, who has, in my opinion, Vladislav has like one of the best arcs in the movie. Taika Waititi's character, um, whose name is escaping me. Lago. Viago. Yeah, he has a great story arc because his lost love is found in New Zealand that he had left centuries ago and he follows her every night. as She's living in an old folks home now and is nearing her end and he's in love with her and he's this vampire who floats outside her window and he's still his youthful self until finally he decides to hell with it. I don't care what they say about age difference. Age is nothing but a number. I'm turning her into be my vampire bride. So he did. They can call him a cradle robber all he wants. So, <laughs> which is great. Uh, but, but back to the beast. Vladislav tells you that he had a great battle with the beast. The beast will hurt you in ways that you cannot imagine. And as the movie goes on, we hear more and more about the beast. Horror stories of horror what this creature Terrifying, is. terrifying things. And we learned that the, the beast was his ex, his ex-wife. And then they are all building up to this big gala for zombies and vampires are having this big gala every year. They have it every year. And the guest of honor, they're pretty sure, is going to be Vladislav, but no, it's the Beast. So they have to have a big epic showdown at the gala. And Stu, of course, not realizing that you're not allowed to go into the gala, only vampires and zombies, he invites Stu. So Stu has been thrown into the mix as a human. And the camera crew as humans, uh, are here at this secret vampire ball. There's also a fun subline with one of the other vampires, Deacon, and he has a familiar, which, you know, who services him and does all these things, and she is never allowed to become a vampire and all this, and we, it's something that comes up later in the TV show a lot more. All these storylines just merge at the grand ball, and then that's, at the afterwards is the werewolf attack, which is great, so... Yes. And the thing that you have to remember, though, is we're talking about all these things, but they don't have good lives. They do not no. have a good existence. They are no, not no, they're, yeah. great people, and they are kind of inept for being so old and supposedly worldly. They're idiots. And one of my, my favorite bits is after Stu is dead... Or initially did, and they've got him and they're wheeling him into the ambulance. They they they're convinced that it was mad dogs and wild dogs that had done it. So the police have captured the wild dog, and it's just this cute little tiny puppy. And they're bringing him over to the body. Look what you did! Look what you did! <laughs> That's where we leave off the cops. We leave off the vampires at the end of the movie, and then they do a thing at the end of the credits, where Deacon, who is the master hypnotist. He tells everybody you will not remember any of this movie, which is why many people don't remember this movie is they fall under the sway of this. 
Ooh, and, the vampire. and so that's where it ends. And then we were told we were getting a sequel called We're Wolves, which was going to follow the wolf pack. But things went a different direction because instead of getting the movie, we got television series. And we will talk about those when we come back from break. Greetings, travelers. Now available on Audible and other audiobook platforms, Eerie Appalachia. Join us, won't you, as we discuss creatures like the Popelik Monster, the White Fangs, the Snallygaster, the Wampus Cat, the Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp, Bunny Man Bridge, and the Ohio Grassman. All these creatures and more await you if you dare listen to Eerie Appalachia. Presented by Mark Muncy, History Press, and Four Horsemen Publishing. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting is Over, with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. We're back. We're back, and now it's time, and Bo can jump in. To talk about what part two was of What We Do in the Shadows. Which became the What We Do in the Shadows TV series. Because Wellington Paranormal actually premiered before it, but we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. (laughs) But What We Do in the Shadows premiered in the U.S. So this, the original movie was New Zealand, right? Yep. And then What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show which came, I believe, he, uh, 2019, right? Yep, yep. Let's talk about that. So what we do in the Shadows TV show. Yeah, so we've got a different group of vampires now, and they are living in Staten Island, which is uh, one of the boroughs of New York, and they were sent here by the master, the Grand Master of Vampires, to take over the New World. But when they got here... They kind of do what vampires do. As we learned in the movie, they get settled and they don't really want to go more than a few blocks from their house. So so taking over the new world, not exactly going to happen. And we get introduced to a very different kind of vampire in what we do in the shadows. Oh, yes. They expand their (laughs) definitions of vampires because the movie had already done the basic types, you know, the Nosferatu, the, the classic, you know, Carpathian vampires, as you will. And so now we get introduced to, we've got those, but then we also have our newest member of the household, Colin Robinson, the energy vampire, which we've all met in our lives. And I think those vampires are way more prevalent in modern society than the blood-sucking vampires. And his Mm -hmm. thing is that he will talk and literally suck the life energy out of you by boring you to death. 
it's pretty incredible the the characters of the show and everything of course the the lead is nandor the relentless played by kevin novak who is just amazing and then we bring in one of my favorite actors of all time matt berry as laszlo cravensworth which is probably one of the best named vampires ever um matt berry who talks like this <laughs> a lot uh famous from the it crowd and many new other york city yes yes uh his lovely wife nadia who is played by uh, natasha dimitrio and she's incredible as well and then mark prose as uh colin robinson now we have a few extra characters in this because it is a tv series so they continue on one of course is harvey gillian who steals the show as nandor's familiar <laughs> guillermo de la cruz and wow what a performance by harvey gillian and then we have some other fun characters i personally love our one of our favorite people doug jones who is known for always acting in the craziest suits he gets to be baron afanas who is the leader of the vampire high council and one of the council people is christian shawl the guide and we love her she was the voice of mabel in gravity falls so yes. one of our favorite TV shows. And she's just a great comedian. And my goodness, it goes through everything in this show, right? What I love about this show, and it's very similar. It's a reality show and they do these little interviews and stuff like that. But one of the things that I think this TV show does so incredibly well is that each episode is very much like a sitcom episode where they're focusing and it's more like the Seinfeld era sitcom episode yeah. where they're focusing on one really stupid little <laughs> thing. Yes. Like, and they're very, they're very self-contained too. Like you could just watch one episode right, and you'll happy. be fine. You'll get the, you'll get it. Yeah. There are, there are some bits that build up over the seasons because one of the big things about Guillermo is he's surprisingly good at killing vampires. As much as he wants <laughs> to be a vampire, Helsing. he wishes he was a vampire. He'd love to be a vampire. He'd do anything to be a vampire, but he's really good at killing them. So by, by accident, usually, including killing the Baron the first time. And we turns out because they do later do a 23 and me with everybody's DNA and they discover, you know, that they do have relatives still living in the area and all this. But he finds out that his De La Cruz, his family, is 1% Dutch. Yes. And then it brings up that 1% Dutch. That's interesting. And it turns out it's Von Helsing DNA. So as we know from our wonderful vampire hunting tropes, Von Helsing is the expert. He's the one that the vampires fear because he is the hunter. He's the one that got Dracula. He's the one, although he didn't. That was actually Quincy Morris. But uh, <laughs> Samantha. I have to say, one of my favorite episodes is when they end up in front of the council, right? So we bring yes. back the some Vampire of the Council. Vampires from um, the previous movie, but we also have. It's like a crossover of every vampire thing. Every movie, TV vampire they could get. In fact, there were a couple that they tried to get 
that apparently were going to be in the next season. And again, things just, they couldn't get them. So they wound up doing other things, but they got every vampire, you know, of, of note. So in, they got uh, Wesley Snipes as Blade. <laughs> yes. The half vampire. So they're the half vampire. Yeah. They got the queen from True Blood. Yes. Yeah. The, the vampire queen. They got, oh God, I can't remember her name, but she's adorable. Uh, but they also got Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, yes. as the vampire from the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. They got Danny Trejo as the vampire from Dust Till Dawn. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton from, from uh, uh, oh God, what was that movie she did with? Uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, I think. Only Lovers called. Left Alive, yes, thank you, with yeah. uh, Tom Hiddleston. And um, and if you haven't seen that vampire movie, trust me, it's it's worth your while. And it's just so funny that they brought all them in. And then apparently they were going to bring in Tom Cruise as the vampire from Interview with the Vampire. Lestat. But uh, <laughs> they couldn't get him. So that's why they threw in Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement back from the original movie. So they were quick fill-ins at the last minute. I have to say, when I saw that episode, I had to pause it and I rewatched that scene probably like six times because. Oh yeah. The reaction... and what's funny is none of them were there. They filmed them all separately, <laughs> and you could tell. That it makes kind... it funnier. Oh, it's great! Yeah, my, one of my favorite lines is, "Well, he's a, he's a half daywalker. You know, he's he's a half vampire. He, why does he get a vote?" And then Danny Trejo's line is, "Well, I'm only going to half listen to him." So... <laughs> and then oh. as he's having like connectivity issues because he's on like webcam yeah, blades on zoom yeah <laughs> but it it that was sort of the epitome because they're on trial for killing another vampire which was because they accidentally killed the baron and then they find out oh, it was oh it was guillermo did it well no it can't be him you know this is just a familiar familiars can't do that and I love that there's like a familiar group that's just uh, just there to support each other and all that. They're it's... always in a back room with like mops in it. Yeah, it's like a little side. Like go over there. And that's where we first meet uh, the guide, and uh, it's just so much fun. I do, I do, I do dearly love that that show. Then we move on to the the second season because they survive thanks to Guillermo. Oh no, their entire existence is thanks to Guillermo. Let's just clarify <laughs> that. Like these vampires would be long dead, long arrested, long everything, but they never listen to him. He's just like this person behind the scenes fixing yeah. everything up. You just see him always in the background, like sighing because he's like, "Oh God, I'm gonna have to clean this up." And I love in that episode where um, they're they're gonna get executed, and they put them in the bottom of the well, like an interview in the vampire. Oh, just, like get them out with the umbrella. Finally, finally came back to me, Evan Rachel Wood. She was the queen of yeah, true blood. Oh man, yeah. There's just so many things in this show. One of my favorite things is the whole the joke about the DNA disappearing with uh, Matt Berry talking about well, the witches will steal your semen was just. One of those, and I love Colin Robinson's just, I for one would be honored to have my semen stolen. <laughs> well, and they it's have those immensely conversations. quotable, this show. Yeah, they, they, all the conversations they have, and 
the house is so ridiculous. Like where they sleep, the house, the doll, the Nadia doll. Yeah, Nadia. Uh, they bring back their their spirits of themselves from because they're dead and they've been reborn. So they come up with the idea of if they go to a seance, they can bring back their past selves to finish off their unfinished business. <laughs> and of course, Matt Berry's is that he was mid-sex, so he wasn't able to finish himself off. So <laughs> that happens. Uh, and then uh, Nadia's spirit decides to live in this doll <laughs> and possess it and become Annabelle. <laughs> and uh, it's it's great. And there's there's a bit where Nandor gets a genie and gets a, a lot, not unlimited wishes, but lots of wishes. And he wishes back all his previous wives and lovers to come back. There's there's so and much. He had in a this lot show. because he was like a Genghis Khan kind of yeah. character. <laughs> and we discovered that he destroyed Nadia's village at one point because there's a painting of it. There's. <laughs> There's all these things. And there's no reason any of these characters should be together whatsoever. At all. At all. And then we learn more about the energy vampires than uh, as they progress and how they work. But I love that he meets an arrival energy vampire at one point. Oh, yeah. Yes. And she feeds off sadness. She's an emotional vampire. So she feeds off sadness by depressing you at work by telling you about how she's surviving her disease, but then her, you know, her children are starving and just her cat just, died. Her, her cat died and she needs to have surgery. And it's not just normal. It's like, Oh, the cat had a, a, a weird eye fixation. And then that caused them. To, <laughs> and we've all met those people at work. And that's the thing you're sitting there going through this going, Oh God. And you're like, I know these people I've worked with them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's a thing. And then there are a few running gags throughout the show. Uh, his witch hat becomes <laughs> a gag that's made of the foreskin of a witch or something like that. Yeah. It's oh, cur- how about when he runs away to hide in the bar? Oh, yeah. At one point, his arrival shows up. Arrival shows up of Laszlo's. And it is done by the great Mark Hamill in probably one of the best scene-stealing cameos ever but it becomes a whole running gag for the episode but laszlo has to hide out as a human and becomes jackie daytona human bartender by putting a toothpick in his mouth and he blends in flawlessly is he still dressed like a vampire though like is he in his cloak oh he's in his outfit but he buys a truck and he moves to dallas and uh so no one will ever know and he kills a bartender and takes over his bar Yeah, and he and he I doesn't even he also, change his accent. No, <laughs> I think he also puts on a cowboy hat. If he I puts on a cowboy hat, yeah, I think so. But yeah. it's the toothpick. The toothpick's the secret. Mark Hamill shows back up and finds him, but yeah. he's unable. And this is all because he refused to pay a uh, a hotel, a, a night stay at a hotel. That's why Mark Hamill's been hunting him for centuries. It's yeah. it's great. <laughs> and I have to say, one of the funniest things about this too is they have the ability to turn into bats. Yes. and fly away but they do that all the time when people are around them that can't do that yes bat and fly away <laughs> yeah bat they, they always say I like in this they always leave also, Guillermo behind <laughs> there's also some other people that they are kind of working with that are becoming vampires and we learned that not every vampire can turn into bats some vampires have other abilities can turn invisible 
some other vampires can do other things. And I love that this show is now delving into all these different things. We learned the genie lore. We even learned about trolls in one episode, which was yeah. amazing to me. And with the fact that they still are active on the internet. And and Colin <laughs> Robinson is trolling a troll. <laughs> and I like his story arc too. Oh yeah. Like I said, when he has to, we find out that they only live a certain amount of time. Yeah. Or do they? Or, or do, do they? they? So that's, that's part of the fun is the, you know, the energy vampires we don't know much about. We also learned that they, you know, at one point, Guillermo wipes out the entire vampire council and they become the new vampire council. These wonderful people. Such a great ability to do. And then there's also things. the sire, the, the founding vampire, the progenitor vampire of all of them. And should yes. he ever die, we find out that if you kill the sire, the whole line dies. So if he dies, every vampire dies. Which we so, can't have that. Yeah. So there's a whole series of that. But anyway, the show is amazing. And Agreed. it definitely delves into every bit of vampire lore. And I think it's going into its last, it is going into its last season now. It is, which is unfortunate. But travelers, I heavily, heavily suggest for your travel this episode, you grab some popcorn and binge starting with the first movie. Because I know you're going to talk about the other show. But yep. starting with the first movie and then there are four seasons you could occupy your entire weekend in your jammies in this chilly weather watching what we do in the shadows. Back to the movie. Yes. There were the two cops that we discussed, right? Yes. And they are O'Leary and Minogue. And they are hysterical uh, because they are basically oblivious cops, right? And they work for the New Zealand Paranormal Department. And again, as a spinoff, they decided, what if they were the X-Files? So they do another documentary a mockumentary of following these two after their encounter with the unusual, their sergeant, who is Sergeant Maka, who is a great uh, New Zealand comedian named Maka Pahau. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. But anyway, they form a secret subdivision of the police department in his secret office. So he takes them into his cupboard and he uh, punches in the secret passcode number and it's just one number and then the door opens. <laughs> he's like he's like don't you mean numbers he's like yeah 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 beep boop beep beep yeah <laughs> but then he's got the 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 wall he's got the map he's got all the pins and everything and he's documented all the strange cases for centuries that have been hiding in new zealand and now he's going to have these two officers investigate them and they get to investigate everything. So all of New Zealand's capital city, uh, Wellington, and it starts with six episodes. So these, you know, it's, it's more done like a British show. So it's only six episodes a season. So it's very easy to quickly binge. What was funny is when they were cast in the movie, right? Uh, Kevin O'Leary and uh, Mike Minogue, they show up in the original film and Jermaine Clement hadn't come up with names for them yet. And when they told him what their names were and he said, what should your character be called? 
He said she came up with a name. And he's like, no, 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 your real name sounds really cop. So let's use that. And then they wound up using Minogue's as well. So that's that's <laughs> how this started. <laughs> they the first one is an episode. Oh my gosh, I gotta pull it up. Hold on, because I gotta pull up my notes. Yes, first one is an exorcism. There's a <laughs> demonic girl possessed in a mall. They they catch her, she does the head spin, she does the vomiting. They're trying to figure out they get her into the interrogation room and she's normal, but then things go wrong. And the bit about this is they're trying to figure out how to perform an exorcism. So they're pulling it up on YouTube on how to perform an exorcism. And the sergeant's like, okay, so say the power of Christ compels you. Say the power of Christ compels you. And he's like, and now what, Sergeant? like, hang on, it's buffering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, oh. Those great bits. Second one was crop circles and aliens. Third one was a ghost. And then the fourth one, we bring back the werewolves. Oh. So, and it's a she-wolf. And she's becoming a werewolf. And what's funny is they make a joke in this one that the reason so many werewolves live in New Zealand is because it's so cloudy all the time. It prevents the moon from shining through. So the wolves turn human again. And they don't turn into wolves as much. So they're actually, while they're doing this car chase, they're actually tracking the moon and the clouds. <laughs> because she keeps transforming back and forth. But the fifth episode brings back, There's there's been thefts at the blood bank. Oh, no. Something's going on. And a character from the movie returns. And it's Nick. And he's hosting a vampire rave. And he's handing out flyers for everybody to come. Because he's gotten a job at the local hospital. And he's been stealing from the blood bank. And he wants to have a blood rave like Blade. Oh, <laughs> Well, at least it's well thought out, right? Yep. And then you got zombies in the last episode. And then as that when that went into so in the second season, they had way more fun. They they really go into some of the New Zealand folklore. They have their sea monster, the Taniwa. Uh there's also a bunch with um technological ghosts. So there's a, there's actually a haunted car. Uh they did do a Christmas special in their second season. And um Third episodes, they do an invisible friend episode, Erica. Oh. With a with a with a girl who has an invisible friend. And they even do a uh, bird bird woman, more ghosts. And then the last season they do skeletons and they even do a parody of Time Cop, not the Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's the actual title of the episode. Oh wow. So it's an amazing show, a little different from the other ones but worth the binge and you will have a blast and uh karen o'leary she is incredible in that show and i so hope she gets many many more parts from this oh he is the I wellington police force actually used them to help recruitment in the police force and had them make training videos of getting people to join the police force and uh, we'll put a link to one of those commercials in the in the show notes god we'll have to do that that's it i'm gonna i'm gonna absolutely binge that so i'm super excited now to binge that oh yeah it's so funny 
um you yeah, there's there's other characters that are fantastic there's officer parker who wants to be in the paranormal team but he keeps getting on the outskirts of it and he's sad and it's it's just great <laughs> oh my gosh i love it i can't wait to do that so bo you said you absolutely loved it we need to know what you thought of what we do in the shadows overall highlights things like that i think for me it's hard to pick a favorite episode because every time I'd watch a new episode, that one would be my favorite. <laughs> so, so, but I think like in terms of like the best episode, it was definitely the vampire orgy episode where they're trying <laughs> to have an orgy and they're decorating the house yep. and they're worried that if the orgy is bad, they're going to be shunned forever. And Guillermo has to try to save the day, but he's also very uncomfortable by all that's happening. And yes. I love Nadia. She's my favorite. She's amazing. She is good. I'm I'm still a flat fan of the movie. Vladislav, the fact that he turns into animals but can't quite get the faces right. So it's his face on animals. And it explains so many of these old medieval pictures of human faces on animals. <laughs> and that's it's like the new vampire too like they made in the first season of yeah. the girl and her bat looks really weird like, yes like a mutant bat mutant bat so and she's not good at it yep yeah, and now uh guillermo is half vampire you know we're, we're learning about him he's becoming a daywalker himself and all that in the new season so it's a hoot the show so just much. keeps twisting and turning in so many ways and and travelers we want to know what you think what do you think of what we do in the shadows or wellington paranormal like send us your thoughts your favorite episodes your favorite characters we want to know what you think is there some other shows like this that we're missing that you would like us to do deep dives on i know this isn't our usual but we do like doing our pop culture episodes here and there because what the heck what's we, we've got the show we're gonna have fun with it gang so please leave us comments if you like it if you don't we'll never do it again we promise that's not accurate no, that's, not, that's not that's not true we've got but, so many 40th anniversaries this year we got buckaroo bonsai ghostbusters we're gonna have to do stuff on all that so exactly and they're fun things to watch in your downtime traveler so yeah. definitely check it out and with that reminder you'll be able to send mark and the eerie travels teams ridiculous books you think we should read we would yep. love to see them so that will be there and with that mark take it away yep so gang thank you again so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this please do leave us a comment we'd like to know if you'd like more episodes like this or not it honestly makes all the difference to us and what we do for you because we're doing this for you we want to make it fun we want to make sure you keep tuning in and listening and with that we will make sure we pull back the veil and remind you that you did not hear this episode. You will not remember anything about this episode behind the scenes, but you will go in with fresh minds and lose all the spoilers from these episodes so that you can watch with fresh eyes and enjoy what we do in the shadows. And we will see you on the other side. <laughs>